Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly, a podcast for small business owners by small business owners who are willing to share with us their tips and strategies for growing their businesses successfully, effectively, and efficiently. Today, we're talking with Jennifer Harshman of Harshman Services. She's a multiple chronic illness sufferer since childhood, and she has learned she had a gift for editing when her third grade teacher pulled her aside, cloak and dagger style, and asked her to correct the errors in the note that was going home to the parents and has been editing professionally since 1992. She's written ghostwritten, and edited everything from brochures to blogs to books. Booked as far as 10 months out, she's edited more than 200 books and tens of thousands of smaller documents. Just two of her recent editing credits are USA Today bestseller, The Millennial Whisperer, and a book that hit number one in the business category on Amazon, The Bizu Letters. Jennifer leads a team of women who cope with disabilities in themselves or their children, and she coaches women in how to start and run their own business despite their disabilities. I love it. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you for having me, Nancy. So exciting to, to talk to somebody else who gets it. You know, ever since I've been talking with women with disabilities and chronic illnesses, I get, oh my gosh, I wish you'd done this years ago. There's nothing out there. I was at Barnes and Nobles yesterday just hunting and I went up to the information desk and I said, I want to know of any book out there that is dealing with working in a business while dealing with disabilities. And they just went, huh? <laughs> you know, they had no clue what I was talking about. There is nothing. So that's our challenge for the new year. Let's write a book on women in business with disabilities because Absolutely. it's definitely something that people want. And I read a statistic the other day, I think was by the end of 2020, 17.5 million people will be suffering from at least one chronic illness. It's amazing. You know, and you'd think in this day and age, we ought to be able to better deal with medical issues and not have this. But, and another statistic was talking about the fact that, and it makes sense, many more people with chronic disabilities are starting businesses than those without them because we can't work a normal regular job you know so we we start our own businesses to have to really and truly have that freedom and lifestyle that everybody talks about that's the exact reason I started mine yeah. talk to me a little bit about it tell me <laughs> well I had been at home with my kids and I had lost job after job over the years because of my health in certain occupations there is no sick day there is no uh, medical leave there you know they just don't have any kind of flexibility or tolerance for someone who has any kind of medical issues so in conditions like that you just lose your job and so i 
was really racking my brain saying, what can I do at home? Because I knew that going outside of the home, working a traditional job just was not an option for me. And I wanted to be able to homeschool my kids when it came time also. So that's how I ended up getting into editing. It was something I could do any hour of the day or night. It's something I could do at home or in a library or wherever, you know, it's location independent. So if I needed to sit and work on a document while I was waiting in a doctor's office for an appointment, I could do that. So it, it really was the only option that I saw for the many factors that I had to consider. Yeah. And I think that's amazing that you were able to figure that out. I, I was, it was a doctor's meetings appointments all day long yesterday. And I'm going, I should have brought a notebook. I should have brought my tablet. I, you know, I never even thought about it. There's so much time here. I could be working and I forgot all about that. So it, it's when we're able to something as, as simple as that, we're able to do, we're able to figure out how to do and do, you know, I, th I think that's so important. What are some of the other things that you do or work with on a regular basis that allow you to work from home, you know, on days when you have, you're not feeling so well, what do you do? Walk me through a day, a regular day in your life. <laughs> okay. So on a good day, I wake up without an alarm sometime between 2 a.m. and 4 a.m. And I have recently started exercising on my treadmill. I just walk. Um, for a long time, that was not even a possibility for me. Um, so I'm really glad with that progress. And I do about 20 minutes, go and do my shower, um, sit down, and I have what I call brain bubbling time. And it's just some open space where I sit in a chair with my notebook and I let thoughts bubble up. So it gives me some, some relaxation time, but it also helps me just clear my head and make sure that I'm ready for my day. And then I get on teamwork, which is a platform online that I use for managing not only my business, but my family. <laughs> Um, and I, I noticed something the other day, I saw an article headline that more and more families are using teamwork to manage their, or teamwork or Asana or similar project management platforms to manage their family life because things can get so crazy. And I thought, wow, I guess I'm doing something right because I've been using it for that for a few years now, just because it works really well. And I'm already paying for it for my business there. I believe there is a free version, but I have um, the paid version, which is a little more robust. And it helps me to keep track of what needs to be done when and who's doing it and all of those things that I just can't store in my brain anymore. I, I have cognitive load issues, let's say, some memory issues. So if I have it written down somewhere, that helps me because I don't have to worry about what am I forgetting? All I have to do is go and look at the list. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I have, and, and this is one of the tips that I work with my clients with all the time, is I use Google Calendar. Yes. And, of course, everything that I have in Google Calendar 
everything is there. And I color code it so I know if this is a doctor's appointment, if this is a, a business meeting, if this is something my husband's doing, you know, all of that's there. Mm -hmm. I share the calendar with my husband so that he sees what I see. He can, he shares his calendar with me so we cross pollinate all of our information. But I then share it to both Google and my Alexa so that I'm sitting here. I was on another call a few minutes ago and all of a sudden Alexa pops up and says, you know, this is a reminder. You have an interview coming up and I went, Oh, I got to get off. Thanks a lot for talking. We'll talk later. Bye. And you know, now, now we're talking. So it, you know, you're able to think without having your brain have to think you've got it all done ahead of time. I have not, I was going to go in and look at, at teamwork and I have not done that yet. So I forgot. <laughs> so I'll have to put that on my reminder list because that's one of the things that I'm looking for in these podcasts is for people to share. Not that we're affiliates, guys, none of that. We just are telling you about the tools that we use that help support us in our lives and in our businesses. I generally use Trello, mm -hmm. but it gets a little confusing at times and I want to find something that allows me to just not even thinking, just do it. So I'm going to definitely look into that because it, it sounds like it would be wonderful. You know, there's a, there's a calendar out there called cozy that I used to use, which was a grocery list and a calendar. Well, now my Asana does the grocery list. So instead of my husband calling me and saying, what did you want me to buy? And coming home and saying, oh, I forgot that. I just put it on the grocery list on, you know, Alexa, and he has no excuse anymore. <laughs> That's great. So continue with your day. Tell us more about how you operate on a regular day. Okay. So I usually will reserve a couple of hours for creating my own content. Uh, for a long time, it was really difficult. I'm editing everybody else's and not really doing any of my own. And it was like the cobbler's children who had no shoes. And I just got to a point where I said, you know what? No, I need to work this into my day. So I just revamp things a little bit. And then I do editing work and I coach my team. So I have a team of about 10 people now that I send material to and coach them and train them as needed. And I homeschool my youngest, my older two, I've already graduated. And so I work with him. He sits beside me during the day and I do some shifting uh, between tasks. I don't like the word multitask because it's really not that. We can't actually multitask. We rapidly shift attention between tasks. And as an ADHDer, that is something that is both a boon and a bane of my existence. <laughs> so sometimes it's great. I can turn, I can help him, and I can get right back on tasks. And other times I feel like a ping pong ball so again, I, I will look at teamwork and say, what am I supposed to be doing right now? And then I can get back on task to do that. And let's, daughter, stop for, let's stop for a minute and go back a couple of steps. You have sure. 10 staff that you coach and you train. What do they do? Um, I think it's so important to have other people in your business that you can rely on to do things. Are they all editors as well? What are the things that they do for you? Okay, so they're not all editors, 
because we do need a variety of tasks to be handled. So I have a general VA, a virtual assistant, for those who are not familiar with that term yet. And I'll send a lot of things to her via email or the teamwork platform. And then I have a few editors, um, a couple who are developmental, a couple who are copy editors, and then I have a couple of proofreaders. And I also have a formatter on staff. So sometimes an author will come to us and they already know what publisher they're going to. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they want to self-publish and they want us to take care of getting it all ready for them. So we'll do a big package and that includes getting it laid out exactly as it will be for print. And our formatter handles all of those details. Um, I'm trying to think if there were other people. We have um, a continuity editor who will just read through the books and look for things like, wait a minute, on page 49, she has blue eyes. And on 53, they're brown, what? No. Um, so they'll flag things like that things that are errors or that will mess up a story, things like that. Um, and how do, how do you work with them? Is it all through teamwork or? Well, they do have access to me um, via text message and Facebook Messenger, things like that. But as far as sending and receiving the documents, we do handle all of that through teamwork and they know what to expect. They know um, it will send them an email. So they'll be notified, you've been assigned this task, and they can click the link and go straight into the platform, get the document, work on the document, put the document back up right in that same place. And then it notifies me that they have completed the work. So it's, it's like an office filing cabinet. If you think of it that way, it's like a virtual filing cabinet. Everyone can go get the file, do what they need to with it, and put it back where it is so the next person can use it. I find it really convenient, really effective, and definitely worth doing. Is the paid version expensive? Is it reasonable? Right now it's about $500 a year. So it's not something that somebody just starting up might have the funds to do. It might be more of an intermediate stage business. Um, I find it absolutely worth it, but there is a free version. I believe it allows you one or two projects at a time. Now I have multiple because I'm handling anywhere from six to 12 books at a time, plus blog management and other things. So for me, the smaller version just was not enough. Okay. Well, that, again, I think I'm going to have to definitely go in and look at that. How do you, switching gears now, you were talking about rapidly changing from task to task to task. How do you manage your time? There's only so many hours in the day. You're absolutely right. One of the things that I do is I, I plan things out, how much time I think something should take. And I have a ballpark figure on editing, you know, per 10,000 words, that's an eight hour day things like that, that I can use to gauge what it's going to take me. It doesn't always work, but it gives me a good, you know, ballpark figure. But then I also use the Pomodoro technique. So I use a timer for 25 minutes and then a five minute break. And usually in that five minute break, for me, it's not a break as in recreation. It's a break as in shifting to help my son with whatever he's working on with his schoolwork. Um, but I do take at least five minutes per hour where I just close my eyes because I am screen intense all day long. Um, 
all of my work is done on a computer screen. So I have eye strain issues and it's really important if you use a screen a lot to rest your eyes whenever you can. So I will you know, go to the porch, look outside longer distance rather than that short distance of from my face to my screen. And I will also close my eyes and just rest them. Yeah, and I, I know for myself because I'm on the computer all day long as well. For me, I, and I think for most people too, it you need to not only close your eyes and do something different, but you need to get up and move, and shift. And that's the hardest thing in the world for me because I can't do it. And I'll sit there for eight hours and I'll finally get up and have to run to the restroom or something. And I'm going, oh my God, if I'd only gotten up earlier, it would have been, you know, so I think it's important in, when you're managing your time to, within that five minutes that you're talking about, actually walk away from the computer. Mm-hmm. And yeah. having kids, that is sort of built into my day you know, just hopping up to go into the other room to grab a drink or to go and see what one of them is doing, things like that. And I don't really think about that, but you're right. It is really important to make sure that you're getting some movement into. Yeah. I I mean, I think with any business, but especially with us, somebody who has some sort of a, of a chronic illness or a, or pain or, or something, it is vital that we take care of ourselves. We're not trained as women generally to think about taking care of ourselves. It's taking care of our kids, taking care of our husbands, taking care of the business. But when you stop to think about it, if we don't take care of ourselves, we're not going to be here to take care of our kids, our husband, or our business. Absolutely. So what are some of the tips and strategies that you can share with the listeners on taking care of yourself because you you obviously do it you're talking about it you obviously do take care of yourself so tell us some about that well i came to it through a very hard road of not taking care of myself um, in 2006 a team of medical experts told me to go home and pick out my coffin and kiss my preschoolers goodbye Uh, because I had just stressed myself to the point that I was in cascading systems failure. And that was when I learned my hard lesson. And it took almost a year for me to come out of that. Um, They called it adrenal fatigue, all sorts of, all sorts of names. But after that point, when I realized, okay, I can start contributing to society again, I knew that I had to put very strong boundaries in place. And not just boundaries that I would enforce with other people, but with myself, because I want to serve as many people as I can. I want to do as much good in this world as I can. And it is too easy to push beyond what I'm capable of doing on a sustainable basis. And then I find myself right back in that hole. So I have to really limit my hours. And I have a, I, I use alarms a lot. I use alarms on my phone a lot to remind me to go eat dinner, to, you know, to remind me, wrap it up for the day, to remind me it's, you know, it's time for evening worship and prayers and bed, all of those things. Now I don't use an alarm to wake up because I want to give my body as much sleep as it needs. And some nights that might be six hours, some nights it might be eight hours. You know, when you're dealing with chronic illnesses and chronic fatigue, you never know what you're going to get. (laughs) 
So on the, on the front end of my day, I do allow myself whatever flexibility I need to rest. And then also I have time built in from noon to two every day as rest or nap time. And those things are basically inviolable. It does not matter if somebody wants something from me. It does not matter if I want to do something beyond that, because I know that in the long term, I will only do harm to everyone if I don't take good care of myself. And then I have some anti-inflammatory tea that I use every morning. And uh, I watch my caffeine intake. I have a special diet that I'm on that helps with some of my conditions. So as tempting as that donut might be, I know that I can never touch one again. So just different things like that. Like I have to have solid, solid boundaries in place and I have to listen to my body. And that is something I would really encourage people to do. Your body knows when it needs a nap. Your body knows when it needs to move around for a little bit. You know, we have more wisdom in our systems and organs and cells. You know, scientists are discovering all these things. We don't just have one brain in our head. We have, a, we have two in our head. We have a brain in our spine. We have a brain in our heart. We have a brain in our gut. And now they're discovering that even organs like the liver has its own little brain system. So if we just listen to it, I think it would help us a lot. I don't think I could give up that donut. <laughs> it is not easy. I can tell you that. It, but you're so right in everything you're saying. But for me, it's like, oh, oh, it's just one donut, you know. How did you get to the point where you said no and stick with it? I need that help. <laughs> Well, I'm involved in a mastermind and uh, actually a couple. And in one of them, we had talked about some different health things and dealing with my issues. And someone had suggested, you know, X, Y, Z. And at first I was a little resistant because I've tried everything, um, you know, every protocol, every diet, every, you know, everything. But I've been making other changes in my business and growing and all these things. I thought, you know, I can commit to trying X for 90 days. What's it going to hurt? And combining like with that anti-inflammatory tea, that's something I added a, a few months ago. That on top of the, the massive vitamin D protocol and the lights that I use and adding that to the sleep, adding that to the exercise, all of those things are working synergistically. And I feel better now than I have felt in probably 30 years. That's fantastic. What's the name of the tea? I could use that tea too. It is Yogi brand turmeric vitality. It's a honey chai tea and it is, it's naturally sweetened. So I don't add any sugar or anything to it. Um, I just, I drink probably three cups a day of that. Um, and it's, it's kind of equivalent to taking an over-the-counter pain medication. So it's not something that's going to be super hefty, but if it's something I need to drink anyway, so if it's something that's going to be helping me while I'm drinking, then absolutely. I'm and it's got turmeric in it, I'm guessing. So yes, that probably I I've heard so many good things about turmeric that, that that's great. So, and it tastes good. So other turmeric products that I've had have tasted just I'm just gross, but this yeah. actually tastes really good. And I've never heard of Yogi. So is that something you just buy in the grocery store or? 
Yep. You can get it at regular supermarkets. Um, I pick it up at my local Walmart. Okay. All right. Hear that, guys? That's a high recommendation for you. I'm going to go see if I can't find some of it because that's my biggest, one of my biggest problems is the inflammation and the, you know, my, my foot gets this big around. I tried on, no joke, 125 pairs of shoes the other day trying to find a pair of boots that I could wear. Wow. I finally found one. <laughs> you know but that's you know people don't understand the things that we go through and uh, for the longest time I was adamant that in my podcasts and in my training programs I was not going to talk about mindset because everybody else out there talks about mindset I wanted to talk about the tools mm -hmm. the tea the you know those kinds of things that's what i wanted to talk about but you can't really talk about the tools that we as someone with a chronic illness has if you don't talk about the mindset to go along with it because now doggone it it's a good thing i can't drive or i'd go get that don't <laughs> that's to me that's the only thing that makes me feel better I could go all day without eating a single thing, but I have to have some, and I'm a diabetic on top of everything else, but I have to have something with some sweets in it. That's the only thing that makes me feel better. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so in, to be able to just say, no, I can't do it. I'm not going to do it. I, I give you a lot of credit for that. Thanks. Now, I think, though, that some people would argue with you and they would say, if you do that and never allow yourself that little bitty treat once in a while, that's really causing more damage than just never having it. What do you think about that kind of a comment? Well, when it, I, I have diabetes, too, um, and mine is genetic so it's um, a rare form, but um, the way I look at it is I would like to keep all of my appendages attached to my body. And to me, it's just not worth the risk because if I, if I eat that, um, now I do have like, you know, keto fat bombs and some things that have a little, it is a little bit of a treat, but it's very carb controlled. But if I were to splurge, then I would have to say, is it worth risking losing my pinky toe? No way. You know, if I looked at it that way, slice a cake, lose a toe. No. <laughs> so that's what helps me. And I know that that is looking at it in an extreme fashion. And I'm okay with that because that helps me to have that self-control in the moment that I need. But as much as I can, I try to structure my environment so that I don't need to have that self-control. So if I don't bring cakes and cookies into the house, then I don't have to worry about being tempted at 9.30 at night by a cookie that's sitting on the counter. So different things like that. If we can structure it, then it helps us to do the things that we really want to do. But definitely, um, um, Slim Fast has a keto fat bomb that's a nut cluster, caramel nut cluster, heaven. And, and I think that's a good thing to point out is that you can find alternatives you can find substitutes give yourself if if eating a donut is a treat 
perhaps maybe an even better treat is to go get a massage. Mm. You know, think of giving yourself other right. methods, other ways of allowing yourself permission to feel good, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I think the biggest permission to feel good is the fact that you're feeling good, <laughs> you know? It rewards what you're doing and makes you want to do more of it. Yep. We are, believe it or not, we're already at the end of our, of our time. So this has just gone so fast. What of anything that we've talked about, what of anything that we haven't talked about, do you want to share? Just trust your body, you know, really take good care of yourself and look at the different tools that are out there and put things into place. Just try one thing, see what it does for you. If you like it, keep it, maybe add another one. If you don't like it, toss it out the window. There's no rule that says you must use this thing or that thing. You want to do what's going to help you live your best life. So true, absolutely. Is there anything that you and your business are doing right now that you would like to share with the listeners? Do you have something you would like for them to do? You know, I'm sure that you'd be willing to to talk to somebody if they had a question. How does someone get a hold of you? I certainly would love to talk to anyone if they have any questions. Um, You can find me at harshmanservices.com. That's my main website. My email is jennifer at harshmanservices.com. Pretty simple. And I would love to invite people to come on to one of my Zoom calls if they are interested in doing any type of author services business of their own. If they want to be an editor or a proofreader, anything along those lines. I have a coaching program that I run for that. And people are, are invited to come on a call, no obligation, no charge, anything like that, just to get a, a look at some other people and how we are running our businesses and what they might do in theirs. Wonderful. That sounds great. Jennifer, thank you so much. It was really an honor to talk to you today. I certainly have got some things to think about and go out and figure out for myself and for my business. And I'm sure the listeners do as well. And guys, this has been a wonderful conversation today. You can find this and all of our others at podbean.com. It's don't wait till pigs fly. And if you have any questions, if you have any comments, send us messages on the on the actual podcast itself. Download it, subscribe to it, share it with others. You know, we really want to get this important information out to other people listening out there. And love to have you all here. You can hear our shows every week. And until next time, get out there be productive and soar higher. Thanks y'all. And we will talk again soon. Take care. If you are a seasoned entrepreneur who is ready to take your business to the next level, Nancy is looking for you. Learn how to get the momentum going, streamline your systems and get more clients straight from the source. Nancy has run several successful businesses from her living room and she's looking for new clients just like you. Go to businesssuccessunlimited.com and use the contact form at the bottom of the page to see if you are a good fit. Nancy would love to help you.